Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Friday, August 28th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 340. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Patrick Klepek. Hello. Ricardo Contreras. Hello. And Rob Zachney. Good morning. I just want to start today off with a message of solidarity and love and commiseration, uh, honestly, to a, a whole lot of people. Um, we are recording this uh, on Thursday morning, just hours after Hurricane Laura made landfall in Louisiana and the whole Gulf Coast uh, after first hitting the Caribbean and taking lives in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. We are recording in the middle of a period of sustained and terrible wildfires throughout the western United States. Um, and just a day after athletes across the country went on strike in solidarity after the police uh, shooting of Jacob Blake brutally seven times in the back in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which was then followed up by the killing of two protesters by the Blue Lives Matter advocate Kyle Rittenhouse, all while the Republican National Convention congregates to continue to celebrate an administration that is marching ever further towards fascism in the middle of a global pandemic uh, to say that there is a lot on our minds right now, I think, is an understatement. Um, I hope, we hope, uh, that we can provide a bit of levity here today, but I don't necessarily want to think that this is just pure distraction or something that can justify putting our collective heads in the ground. So I just wanted to emphasize that that we are here and we are paying attention and we hope that you are too. Um, you know, we are doing our best to stay active and and to stay hopeful, um, uh, not with like empty optimism and just kind of like, oh, it'll, it'll work itself out. We'll get to the election and that'll fix everything. Um, but with the courage, I hope to try to take some actions. Um, I can't speak to anyone else here specifically, though. I mean, we were all talking about it yesterday, but I do think that my heart filled with a little bit of hope yesterday for at least a, a glimmer, a little little moment of time uh, when the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, you know, refused to take the court and then and then their peers followed suit. Um, I guess I guess we should set that up a little bit so people know what the hell I'm talking about. I, I don't know. It was a big news story, right? People, people. Yeah, know I, feel, I feel like that. I feel like that kind of traded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hope so. Um, um, so yeah, I, I you know. That gave me a little bit of hope and, and was like a great instance of people recognizing the power that they did have to draw attention to something and to make demands and to, to you know, put on the leverage that they could. Um, and I, I think that that's at least a, a small, you know, reminder that people are out there working on this stuff and that we can be out there with them, you know? Um, Tough one. I apologize. My plan sucked. Like, we were having a very solemn moment, but my yeah. plan to quiet the dog with a bully stick failed and she was really really noisily chewing on it uh rob how could you do there. this to me i know i'm trying this. to lure her away she was in the path of the mic so now <laughs> mina go 
in the in, in the, the path, path of the mic. Of the mic. <laughs> in the path of the well, mic. Well, you know how it is. It picks the up Nina's in a really di- it's directional. Yeah. It is so it was like we're we're having that conversation and I'm watching my waveforms just increasingly get <laughs> to like the noisy chewing and scraping. Incredible. And uh it didn't seem um it was increasingly distracting. God. Um well In the path of the mic is me my production company. Oh you write that down. Nice. You write That's that good. down the path of the mic. Wow. Mike path. God. There are, there's other some good ones. The yeah. path of the mic. Mm. <laughs> that's real, see, that's I the was... podcast we eventually do when we start a podcast uh, network. And we've got Mike Francesca uh on our <laughs> in our stable. Yeah. That was but the thing is, like, I think it has like while you were partying, I was studying the path of the mic energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I think true. that's the point. I yeah. think that's the point. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we've, no. we've revealed that we are not equipped for this for this modern age. Uh, I, maybe we are. Maybe the, let's just move a to a castle instead. That's what Jeff Gersman did. So I feel like did he's he on post the right, about that publicly. He's on the right we, path, so to speak. Okay, good. I'm just want to make sure. You didn't sure. see the pictures? I didn't see no. the pictures. The last picture I saw, I saw we we talked to Jeff privately, obviously, and I know that he's okay. But the last thing that I'd seen from his feed was him saying this might go down in his history as one of the craziest days I've ever had. Ending it safely, protected by this new young friend, and it was a picture of like a fox. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Are you, are you finding them now? Yes. Yeah. He's in okay. a castle. What <laughs> is happening? I don't know. Where did he get a burrito? <laughs> I don't know. The castle. He got a castle burrito. That looked like that distinctly looks like it could be a microwave burrito. That does look like a microwave burrito. <laughs> I don't mean. No. To, I, don't, I don't mean to make some. <laughs> So assumptions on a, about on Jeff, like a but, little Dixie plate. Yeah, uh-huh. this is a great meal. <laughs> I love it. Very good. Castle came equipped with magnums of Cuddy Sark. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. He's ready to this go. Is like hell. <laughs> oh, it's got a nice view of the of the beach. You know, a lot of rocks. <laughs> I guess I guess Cuddy Sark is the most nautical themed whiskey. It's true. It's true. God, thank you to the person who in the uh, Jeff Jeff seems to have retweeted it. It looks like Jeff is captured in the fireplace in one of these images. Uh, in the re- in the replies, it's worth scrolling down to see that. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I guess we could be in a castle. I guess that would be that would be another thing we could do. Um, God, uh, instead we were playing video <laughs> games. Uh, I, that's the thing is I don't think this castle has video games, which really puts Jeff out of his element. Yeah. So. Um, though I guess so, so you just eat a burrito and have a diet Pepsi. You know? <laughs> have a diet Pepsi. That's what you got to do to center yourself sometimes. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, we should we should dive into our stuff. Um, who wants to? Who, we're just going to shout out the the nicest thing this week. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's where my my happy place has been this week, uh, and I'll knock it out and we can move on. Uh, Captain Subasa, Rise of New Champions. Fucking a sports anime video games, sports <laughs> anime RPGs. This game fucking slaps. This game oh, rules. Um, I'm still very early in, into it. And so like I'm not like deep enough in to talk about like high level strategy or if it develops. But the gist of this is that it is a uh, it is a, a, a soccer RPG um, based on the the shonen sports anime uh, that has been long, long running, I believe that Captain Tsubasa is like one of these like classic decades long running um, franchises. Well, when uh, I yeah. saw um, nineteen eighty one, uh, uh, I saw as a manga. When I saw a trailer for this, and I was uh, I, the trailer really struck me, and I was like, hmm, 
maybe even I would want to redeem this code. And I, uh-huh. I, I, I looked at my I wife and said, you. I don't have the time. Yeah. Um, but um, I was watching like a uh, a YouTube trailer and like one of the first comments was like strong PS2 energy in it this does. trailer. It does. <laughs> like, like, you know, I mean, listen, so. Which meant as a compliment, are, clearly. I think that that's true. I, so the thing to, to note is this is a, a soccer game in which you are playing as an up and coming middle school soccer ace. And when I say up and coming, I mean, listen, he's won the middle school champions championship twice in a row. Uh, he so has, he's an eighth grader. He's like an eighth grader. Yeah, that's basically it. Or I he's guess maybe the structure could be different. I don't in know what the Japanese. Japan. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the Japanese like school structure is. Um, uh, the the I believe the manga starts when he's old or when he's younger. The manga, manga starts when he is like a child. Uh, and the anime must start there, too, because there are stuff where there is like flashback videos that you can optionally watch that include his story up until now and like introduce you to the back. The game does a good job of introducing you to all the characters. But if you're like, listen, if you want to know about the first time <clears throat> that you met this person, you can watch this little like motion comic version of the anime. And the only reason I make this, the re- only reason I bring this up is because I, I need to emphasize that I'm just gonna read. I'm, I'm just gonna read from the Wikipedia about what this kid's history is. Please, Tsubasa Ozora is uh, an 11 year old elementary school student who is deeply in love. By the time you play the game, he's more like 16 or something. Uh, who is deeply in love with football and dreams of one day winning the FIFA World Cup for Japan. He lives together with his mother in Japan while his father is a seafaring captain who travels around the world. Tsubasa is known as the Soccer no Moshigo, which translates to Heaven Sent Child of Football. When he was only a barely a year old, he was almost run over by a rushing bus while playing with a ball. However, Tsubasa held the ball in front of him, which served as a cushion for most of the impact. The force of the bump blew him away, but he was able to right himself with the ball. Hence, Tsubasa's motto is, the ball is my friend. Ever since he was little, that, he always went out with the ball. That's the takeaway? That's the takeaway. Um, he's this just like incredible ace captain. Th- this is this is like, this is the most, what if Michael Jordan was a middle schooler and also was not looking to cook up reasons for, to hate people and drive his. Well, he hasn't his, realized his full potential yet, so you, uh, he, you don't might. have a chip on your Maybe shoulder. Maybe there's like a yet. dark Tsubasa arc where he starts inventing <laughs> reasons to hate people. Um I guess what I will say is out the gate, it is a little weird playing as the superstar athlete, super ace, because the first thing that happens is you're going to the regional tournaments, which if you win, you will go on to the national tournaments and your rivals in the regionals are a group of students you used to play with in elementary school who you left behind because you're so much better than them. Mm. Not because you, like, they went to a different team. And oh. and let me tell you, like, spoilers. You went it to was, the travel team. Basically, <laughs> basically. And they went to, like, a shittier team, but they've gotten better. They've dedicated themselves to not being in your shadow. They're going to put you away. They're going, and, and, you know, like, they sh- they show up at your school. And a lot of this is presented in kind of an RPG visual novel uh, back and forth. I mean, the, the, these, these conversations are animated. Like it is, it is like anime style. Uh, it is like 3D anime style cutscenes, right? So these kids show up and like take the ball from you during your practice. Like I bet we can fucking take the ball off you. And four of them take the ball off you. But it's like there's four on one. Come on, like it's it's not really fair. Um, and they clearly have a chip on their shoulders. Uh, and eventually you go to you go and, and you play against them. And the way that the, the game works is it's like a PS2 soccer game in the sense that it it doesn't have a lot of like loose ball physics like a contemporary FIFA or Pro Evo game does. It doesn't have like many of the advancements that a soccer game has made in the last 15 years, let's say. Um, But instead what it has is a really kind of um, a really compelling loop 
that is you're just trying to get past the defense through a combination of passes, uh, like through passes, lobs, uh, and then variations on dodges. There's like an R1 to sort of sprint that gets, stays away from them. And then an R2 that if you time right, you can dodge out of any sort of defensive push or slide tackle. So it's like a, it's almost like a, not a rhythm game, but you're timing your dodge to those attacks, to those defensive pushes. And every time you do that, um, you get a boost based on what your character's stats are that might increase your shooting accuracy or increase the power that your your shots do or or make you even more maneuverable. And in a very, you know, beautiful anime-like way, the, the word comes up on the screen is like, boom, like, that's right, you're the you're the goal chaser or whatever. And eventually you get to the goalie and you swing and you, you know, you, you take a you take your shot. Um and when you take your shot, the thing is the goalie's going to block it because the goalie has a life bar <laughs> or a stamina bar or something. <laughs> That's great. And That's great. Different power levels of shots will take that 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 life bar down until it's low enough that the next shot will break the goalie and go into the net. Um, and certain certain characters on your team have different types of super shots, which take larger, longer times to charge up, unless you've activated your super mode, obviously, in which case everyone charges up their shot, their team wide super mode that you earn by having good, uh, good, you know, play throughout the game. Uh, and then you get like awesome, again, shonen anime style, huge. It's like Dragon Ball Z. If Dragon Ball Z was about soccer, you know, someone has a banana <laughs> shot that makes it so that the ball spins really rapidly, like rotates really rapidly and stretches out and it's like has like a yellow green glow to it. And it has like a curve that makes it harder for the goalie to get to. You know, other people have like another guy on my team has like the bullet shot where it just like becomes incredibly dense and hard and just like shoves the goalie back into the net. If you if you get it at the right at the right uh, goalie health, uh, and it's just it's just incredibly it's just good. Um, there's another story mode that I haven't started yet where you create your own character, I believe, and like go through as at the nationals level. Like eventually the game opens with Tsubasa being like, all right, this is it. We're going up against Germany. We're going up against like the the elitist prick who is who is my rival from Germany, who's gone to all the best schools and who thinks that Japan doesn't belong on the world stage of soccer. Because that is like the, the underlying thing here is a, a – is it is it patriotism? Is it nationalism? Who could say? But Japan demands to be on the, the international. And he's soccer just a stage. kid, so he's you know. Just, well, okay. I mean, he's, let me tell you, he's just a kid, but he's surrounded by coaches. He's surrounded sure. by mm -hmm. people who want to invest in the Japanese Society. soccer. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's like, oh, his coach's dream is for is for Japan to enter the world stage of soccer. That doesn't come from nothing. You know what I mean? And Tsubasa mm -hmm. gets that. There's another. So it's oh. like the cutest Abe is obvious. I, I, like, listen. Uh, I I don't want to, I'm not yeah. deep enough in to make that claim, but I am. And, and also this predates Abe, obviously. Again, this is a 40-year-long series. But I'm saying anytime that your goal is uh, we're going to show those other countries. Uh, and, and again, that's me as an American speaking with very specific American relationships yeah. to that specific thing. Um, I think it is like <laughs> the FIFA World Cup is such a yes. – I mean, shit, yes. I don't care about soccer – I get into soccer. Yes. Like every, how many years is it for? Is it mm -hmm. long? Is it a long time? It's four. Cycle? It's four. It's yeah. four. 
like I get into it when it's around. I'm like, yeah, go America. What are <laughs> team socks? Okay, well, women's soccer. That's the real game skill. Uh, Those are the like, real. Americans. That's me too. So I totally yes, get yes, like yes. you are bombarded wherever you are. You are bombarded yeah. by this fucking. Well, game. and also sports is sports uh, is like rooted in regionalism, like yes. pitting regions well, against. It's just a matter of like, is that like friendly and fun, or is and, that and this <laughs> feels friendly propagandistic? And fun. I mean, so the end of that first arc where you go up against your rivals who used to be your your friends. You beat them, and Tsubasa is obviously like, you guys pushed me for the first time in a long time. No one's challenged me like that in a long time. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, and they're like, we'll, we'll be back next year to beat you. And he's like, make it a promise. But, but if you, but you know, to do it, uh, uh, I'm going to need something from you. And they're like, what's that? And he's like, I need you to root for me when we go to nationals. And they're like, that's right. Our region is going <laughs> to win nationals. We're on your side now. And it's that style of thing. And I'm sure that by sure. the end, that is the arc. Right? It's like we're all brought together by our love of football. We're all brought together by our, our love of the of the beautiful game. However, there is absolutely a Cobra Kai motherfucker coach that <laughs> is like the coach of your – the former coach of your main rival who is like – you're like the, the suave ace who can move the ball really well. And then there's another player who is just a power player. Um, Patrick, the, the video that you linked in the chat has that player just fucking go off in the second half. There's like a, they, they made like a seven minute video. Just, here's what a match looks like. And the last, the last like three minutes of that match are just this dude getting the ball and blowing through everybody and then just knocking the ball in the net from forever away. Uh, and he comes, <laughs> he goes to, he previously worked with a a dude who was just like win at any cost. And there's a moment in the game where you go to his perspective, not to play as, but just to see what's going on with him as he's trying to as his team is trying to get into the nationals. And his he's playing against someone who has a heart condition, uh, who at the beginning of the uh-huh. segment, they're mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> he only got, you know, he only he's only allowed to play for 20 minutes at a time. And the dude's what? heart goes out in the middle of play. And for a moment, your rival like stops and is like, oh, my God, holy shit. Like, should I keep playing? And the they do keep playing and they end up winning. But but his coach comes later and his coach is like, I saw the weakness in you. I saw that you stopped when the other when the other team's ace fell to the ground. You should take every advantage. You should have even if he died on the field, you should have used that as an opportunity to score. Jesus. And I was like, yo, Christ. okay, this game is not because you know, the FIFA game would never have the coach say that. Because right. they have to protect soccer. <laughs> but this game that's about middle school soccer, middle school fictional soccer, gets to have the shitty coaches, the injury stories, all of that shit gets to be there because it's part of the drama of the game, which here's my new thesis after playing like two and a half hours of this game. This is the most honest game about sports there is. <laughs> <laughs> children are indoctrinated with nationalistic values. Well, I mean, injuries. Well, children's are, sports is arguably the bigger cesspool, right? Because absolutely. Like, when your professional athletes have a certain standard of like, Oh, you think you can talk to me that way? No, sorry, that's not going to fly. Uh, but my God, if you're a striving like teen, like you know, early Listen, teenager or something, how many T-shirts has Tsubasa sold? That motherfucker ain't going to cut. I know that kid's <laughs> not getting money from his middle school. I know it. Uh, quick question. Yeah. Uh, two things. Yes. Um, one. So once the goalie's busted down, is it just like a wide open net? No. Or do you still you have a, to make like you have to get the final shot. Um, but it's not. I, I, 
I cannot imagine missing a shot in this game that isn't. Okay. I mean, I've missed a few shots. I guess I've missed a few shots, but it doesn't do the thing. Okay. You know how in soccer games, you hold down the square button to take a shot. And because you haven't played a soccer game in four and a half years, you always go over the net because you hold the square button down for too long. This doesn't do that. This is how powerful is your shot, motherfucker? Are you going to put it in the back? Are you going to drill it in the back of the net? Or are you going to tap it into the back of the net? Uh, so it does not have that physics based, like, I'm going to play with the ball as if it's a real object. You're uh, not trying to fake out the goalie where it's like... I, I I still play that way, but I don't know if that's... I don't know if that matters. It doesn't seem like... But you're performing like a, soccer I'm performing the way soccer be. the way... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and the, the, tackling, the tackling gameplay is fun. The, like, closing it on someone is fun. And it really... The thing that this does is... And also, after you score a goal, the goalie gets health back, right? Gets the stamina meter back. And also, everyone else is also managing stamina, which you need to dodge and you need to tackle and all that stuff. So there is, like a lot of management happening in that way. I'm so early yet that I don't even really know what the the capabilities of my team members are. And my my suspicion is the other mode, which has the create a character stuff, is the mode in which I would care more about what my team is. They were like, listen, save that mode until you've played a little bit of the basic Tsubasa model first. Get your get your feet under you. Then go play this other mode, which I'm going to do like soon. I'm just like, all right, I get it. Tsubasa becomes a big deal. Let me now create my own my own character and see if I can raise to the ranks. Also, the character you create defaults to the number 23. So that's hmm. I'm just saying they know um, in between games like is like. So is there a um, slice of life aspect to this? Is there hanging out in the is there clubhouse? <sighs> that politics? stuff is all there just vibes that there's vibes. But that stuff is all just background like that stuff is all just that's just like linear story. But the game here. is on the pitch. The game is on the pitch. I'm not making. Um, you can make management decisions about player placement, who's in what position, who's who's your corner kick, you know, who's doing your yeah. your um your your place kicks, stuff like that, right? But you're not doing. Uh, I'm not going to hang out. It's not Persona. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like I would love that game, and maybe if this game does well enough, that would be fantastic. Uh, but. This has been my small joy this week has been Captain Tsubasa Rise of New Champions. Um, uh, and who knows, like maybe by hour six, I'm like, OK, let's this doesn't the charms warm off and you're in like the 16th soccer match. Exactly. But right and now then you're like, bring back Mega Man soccer, the one true the one soccer true. video I game. I also like Mario Strikers. I think Super Mario Strikers is a pretty good game. Um, I played a lot of Mega Man soccer when I yeah. was a kid. But like, and I think that there's I think that the thing to emphasize here for me is the thing that this game has been doing well is despite not being a sim in any way, uh, creating the feeling of both sports anime, but also the great thing about soccer where you feel the build before a goal comes in, where you feel that like, oh shit, we're wearing down the goalie, the we're wearing down the defense, we're gonna break through any moment now. And you would think that would feel mechanistic because of the way in which everything is just stamina bars, um, but the way that the characters interact and the way that each, each match has a sort of gimmick to it because of the way the other team plays – um, there, there is a, it, it still feels sort of organic or at least feels narrative-y in, in a way that I like. Narrative-y is a real word. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, an example of that is the second or third match I played was against a team where their, their lead person was known as the ace killer because he was a, just a really strong defensive player who kept me locked down, right? And that meant that I had to rely on the rest of my team to, I had to like pass the ball to worse players 
who didn't have the stamina that Tsubasa has in order to drive down the field and and get shots on goal. Tsubasa is just better than them. He just has more stamina. He's better at dodging. He's better at getting through defense. And so with him locked down, which they do the thing that like um, Dragon Ball Fighter, you know in Dragon Ball Fighter Z, where if you have certain, if you recreate certain conditions of the anime, you'll get a special cutscene when you like win a match. Mm-hmm. That does this when you hit certain points on the field. So like every time I pass to Tsubasa to drive down the middle, not every time, but you know, over and over, he would get us he would get caught by this dude's special slide tackle the razor tackle which would like drop his stamina to nothing and make it recharge very slowly and that's like a really fun way of communicating what's actually happening there um there was another player another in another match whose whole thing was like he was trying to become a better striker on the field and trying to develop a new attack, like a new special uh, super shot that would really hurt my goalie stamina. My goalie sucks, by the way. Your goal, your starting goalie is just miserable, just terrible. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, but he doesn't have it at first. But every time he gets a shot on goal, he gets closer and closer. And there's a cutscene of him being like, ah, "I almost have it." They say I can't do the special falcon kick, but I'm, I, I think I can do it. And he, do, it's basically like a reaction. It's like a, it's like a one timer, right? Like if if he, if you let his his teammates pass him the ball with a lob or a through pass from midfield to an attacking position, he will then try to hit that shot. And after the third time he does it, he gets it, which means that like you just cannot let him take shots on goal anymore because he will beat your goalie. And that's cool as shit. Like that to me (laughs) is more of a story mode than some of the stuff I've played in big budget sports games. Because it's playing with narrative. Like, it's obviously a storyline. It's a storyline almost in the wrestling sense, where it's like, oh shit, they're really working. <laughs> Bret Hart is really working Shawn Michaels' legs. Cause that way, when he puts him in the sharpshooter, he'll really feel it. That's the, but that stuff is fun. Um, and, and does happen in sports, but in video games, it often doesn't happen because the simulation can't do that stuff in the same way. Um, and so I, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's I'm playing it on PS4. I think it's also out on Switch and I want to say PC maybe also, but but maybe I'm wrong. Um, anyway, that's that's a that's a hearty recommendation for Captain Tsubasa: Rise of a New Champions. I'm good. I'm glad it's good because the trailer was great, and yeah. I was like, wow, there's a good chance this is just a good trailer and <laughs> totally. this is miserable to play. Well, and, and <laughs> so to, to some degree, the other thing there is. Um, like this is a long running series that never really made it in the states. Uh, it's huge in Europe, unsurprisingly. <laughs> uh, uh, but it just like never, as far as I know, it never had like a a run on Cartoon Network. It never really had that like moment. Uh, and so I'm hoping it's like a thing that that. Let me know if you've seen the show or read this manga. If it's like worth doing those things, because first impression, pretty good. Atlas, make a sports game. Atlas, make a sports game, please. That'd be sick. Um, uh, who else is playing something that they're like happy about? I would love to hear. I would love to hear something that people are positive on right now. The quiet takes the room. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, mixed, I'm, I'm nothing but happy. Okay. All right, go, Rob. Rob, talk okay. to me. Okay. Um. So I've been playing Mafia Definitive Edition. Uh, they gave us a preview build of the remake, the remaster of the original Mafia, which how familiar are y'all with that particular game? I I'm played familiar it. with a lot of like PC gamer covers back when that game was like <laughs> the biggest fucking deal in the world because it was like uh, GTA's coming to PC. <laughs> uh, I played it. I played it when it came out all the way through. Okay, great. So, um, 
you remember how utterly fucked the difficulty levels were in that game, mm-hmm. right? Where it's mm-hmm. like uh, you would just be playing it. It was pretty easy. And then you would hit certain missions and it would be impossible. Uh, so like, I think my memory of Mafia, and you can tell me if you agree with this, is like there were a lot of cool things in that game. It had... Yeah. For even at the like by the standards of the time, it was phenomenal. Uh, now it's a little more conventional, but for the, by the standards of the time, it had a very effective like storyline and delivery of that story as like a mafia 1930s like prohibition era mafia like crime drama. Um, and to access that, you had to play <laughs> a fairly uh, janky isn't quite the right word. It was janky in places. Yeah. In other places, it was it was pretty effective. But you played an open world action game uh, where you play uh, Tommy Angelone. Uh, Angelo, Angelo, is that it? A- Angelo. I th- I think it's yeah. Angelo. I think. Yeah, in the city of Lost Heaven, uh, you know, because sinners, mm-hmm. saints. Oh, saints, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Classic but, thing that people would name a city. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> Lost, exactly, Heaven, Amer- like, Lost Heaven America. Uh, you know, sometimes, I mean, you look at you look at Los Angeles, though, in the history yeah. of that place, and yeah. it is like people got together and were like, uh, let's build a metaphor. Yeah, um, fair. So, <laughs> so any, anyway, uh I would say the original Mafia became kind of beloved by people who managed to get through it. I wanted to love it, but I couldn't because while I enjoyed the stuff where it's like you're taking part in this crime drama and it's playing to all the tropes that I hold so dear, uh, the fact that like failing missions caused you to replay like huge swaths of them. uh, Yeah, I remember some driving missions specifically where you would do – like a 15 minute like tracking someone or chase or whatever it was and the cars took damage and would just break down and I would there were a number of times that I would just lose not lose progress but have to redo something that was not the interesting part of the game that 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 was one of those games that took me a year to beat because I kept hitting points I was like I can't win this gunfight this is an annoying race or a or a, a tail mission or or whatever I'll come back to this and then I did and eventually I did beat it and I I remember thinking that it was like a really satisfying conclusion but but that it was not also the I don't remember the world being good I don't remember there being things it, to do it what no there was nothing to do okay um and so and that's the thing, right? It was one of those – now we, we have an idea of what an open world game is expected to do, which is yeah. you have a big world and then there's shit in it you go find and you can do. There's side missions and then you drive to main quests. And I hesitate to say it's like a primitive approach to open world games because I think a lot of the way open world games have developed has just been bloat, more right. for more's sake, but not really like – and like – a progress toward an improved version of that idea. Right. When I think of GTA four, uh, for instance, um, when I think of my favorite moments, it's not like going out and doing activities. Like my favorite moments were still where Liberty city was just a backdrop to like the mood of the story. Right. right. Like I remember right. going to the heat style gunfight where you're yeah, going yeah, to those yeah. Irish the, gangsters. The yeah. That's the yeah. We're driving across the bridge in 1979 comes mission. on the radio. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm in it. God. This is great. Going this down is- into the subway in that mission, like after you have with the bag over your shoulder. That game, yeah, that game has so many issues. That specific mission is so strong. 
Um, yeah. Well, I, I but, think the thing that you bring to bring to mind here is about utilization almost more than whether it's developed or primitive, quote unquote. Because at the time, I think the thing that people said was there's not left, there's not a lot to do here. This isn't as good as GTA. And GTA, I can go drive a cab. And GTA, I can go deliver pizzas or or can do side missions or whatever. Um, and this game doesn't do that. But but when you take the idea of and, and the thing is. We've now, like you said, we've seen the the extension of that logic of like, oh, just put more stuff in it. If you have an open world, you should utilize it by making there be a bunch of stuff to do. But utilization does not only look like that. You can also utilize the open world really well in linear content if what you're doing is, like you said, using it as a, uh, an evocative backdrop, making it feel big and, and uh, uh, you know, labyrinthine. Like, there's all sorts of ways to use it. And at the end of the day, I think what we now understand it to do is to judge the way it's used in a broader sense. Because to put the a critic from 2002 or three or whenever that game came out – would would think that the the best possible version of this is what the Ubisoft model ended up being, which is which makes GTA Four look subtle and quiet in comparison to the degree of bloat that so many open world games have now, right? Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the weird thing is I think almost Ubisoft directly is probably responsible for hardening our idea of what a uh open world game like ought to be because they make so many of them to this really specific template when i think back to gta 4 it wasn't even really pointing in that direction like even gta uh where they're starting moving that life sim direction a little bit in four as opposed to previous games even there they're not really pushing in the Oh, the city is just like an activity. Uh, yeah. Like it's a busy box that you go to the icons and, and do shit. Um, but M- Mafia is really sparse. And I would say now, you know, when you, when you talk about the open world can be there uh, to enhance the linear gameplay and, and sort of change the quality of it. I think Mafia Definitive Edition delivers on that and gets it like it gets what was cool about the original game a little bit which is um a lot of it is about just kind of soaking up the atmosphere of the story and hanging out with these characters um as you sort of drive through a period appropriate backdrop in 2002 the cars looked like the cars kind of put you in the place where it's like they were kind of right. clunky and you know they're model t inspired they're, they're kind of crap but it kind of put you there and then um, the city was pretty sparse. Now it very much looks like, um, you know, it's a, a hangar 13 uh, game now at right. this point, right? Where it's right. like, Oh, it looks like uh, it's sort of on a visual par uh, or better than mafia three. And so the just aesthetic quality of this game where you're driving around the city is now much, much higher and has a much higher, it, there's there's a great deal more atmosphere uh, to it in places where like now as you're driving to on your way to do some sort of, uh, you know, c- uh, collect protection money, uh, you know, to make your rounds on the rackets. Right. Um, now it feels like much more so you are a low level wise guy driving around 1930s America uh, to these, you know, tiny mom and pop shops in various like ethnic neighborhoods in a, a U.S. city. Um, 
Yeah, this is really pretty. I'm finally looking at gameplay. I like, haven't looked at any gameplay video of this remake because I, I think I was a little – not confused, but like I knew – they just called it the definitive trilogy or something when they first announced that they were doing this. And I didn't realize the degree to which this was not just a remaster in the way we talk about rem- – we don't need to reopen and relitigate this, but this is like a remake. This is like all new assets, all new everything, right? Yeah, but but – not a remake, ah. um, because right. all the shit you remember being a little <laughs> bit fucked up is still there. So, like, the the build they gave us, um, it's like the first four missions, and then there's a jump to a mid-game mission. Mm. Uh, but in the first four missions, there is a mission where you have to sabotage... Okay, here's the setup. It's good, because this is this is Mafia. Mafia, yeah. on the one hand, wants to be like, it's the Godfather. Yes. You know, it's the, um, it's, the it's specifically or, yeah. 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 It's specifically the flashback Godfather 2 stuff, right? Like, it's specifically setting up a crime family in 1930s America before the way things are the way they are, right? Pre-war. Yeah. Pre-war America. And it's trying to do that. But also, Mafia is like, but we're also a video game, and- we don't have that many verbs, so we need to give you cool things to do with the mechanics we already have. So you can drive cars. Well, what if you can race cars? So here's the setup. Um, you are called in because you're one of the best drivers in the uh, mob. You start As the game starts out, you're a cabbie. And your last right. day as a cabbie is just a day where you're driving around just the worst shitheads. Uh, who are <laughs> stiffing you on fares and talking about like how much they uh. hate. Boy, this is... Unexpected resonance. Uh, you, you you're driving someone around early in the game, and he starts talking about like the Hoovervilles that are popping up, and he's like, "Those people just need to get fucking jobs." There's always work if you're willing to work, and your cabbie is like, "You know, I don't think um, I don't think it's that easy, man." And the guy's like, "I'm in business, believe me, I know it's <laughs> it's that easy. Like it's just you know you gotta be willing to put in the effort and give it a shot." And so that's the last day Tommy has as a cabbie. And after that, he's like, sign me the fuck up yeah. for the mob. Yeah. Well, after that, uh, he starts working is what you're telling me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but so the Don calls you in and he's like, oh, man, we got a big problem here. So we have there was this guy and he got into trouble with one of our loan sharks and et cetera. And he spent all the money on cars. But it turns out he was a really good driver and he's become like our golden child. And he's a great race driver. But now the Morello family has brought in a ringer from Europe with a European race car. Right. And they're fixing this. to win the big race. And Tommy, the entire community will be destroyed if we lose the big race. Because because this is how this They're gonna is tear how down the community center. No, the mob, <laughs> but the mob built that community center. This is, so the mob <laughs> taking care of the people of like this part of town told everyone get in on backing our boy. Like put all your money on the mob backed race car driver because he's the best. He's going to win this thing. And then the ringer comes in. And they're going to lose. And he's like, if we lose this race, uh, it's going to devastate the community. Like people, it's going to be worse than the crash because that's how that's how many people have plowed their money into this. Now, again, I don't think this is how sports books. No, I don't think so. (laughs) 
like if the betting is that lopsided, I the don't odds think- change. The odd, the, yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah. Nevertheless, people are like just have sunk all their money into this, and he's like, "So here's what we need you to do. We need you to sabotage the fancy schmancy sports car." Gotcha. And so you go and you steal the sports car. You race it across the city to a mechanic who sabotages it. Then you have to drive it back, and it drives like a piece of crap now, um, which is kind of funny. But then the next day, you go to the big race, and you're you're gonna hang out and watch your guy win. Yeah. Oh no, Morella's oh. goons busted his legs. He can't drive. Shit. Yeah. Who could have seen it coming? So, Tommy. He's oh. such a good driver. You used to be a cabbie, Tommy. Just like racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, Tommy, you got to race the car. And Tommy's like, all right, cool. So now you have to win the race. And I remembered this. I was like, oh, I Dude, hated I, this. this is the mission. This is the mission that I fucking stopped at. I just yep. like, this is a ah, flooding back. It's a showstopper. Yeah. Because now you go into a race and it's a three lap race across a pretty long course. Yeah. Like, it's is, a long it is, fucking, yeah. This is not like an oval ring. This is like countryside racing. You're out on long Island or something. Yeah. It's wild that like, this is in the game, but you have to win the race. You have <laughs> right. to win the race and it's hard. <laughs> and if you remember, I want to say the PC game didn't control well. With, yeah. Like I want to say you had to control maybe arrow keys. Um, uh, Julian Benson wrote about this over at uh, Lad Bible for Mike Diver a little bit. And he remembered things that I'd forgotten. He was like, yeah, no, the there was no controller support in the original right. PC version. Right. So I'm like, how did anyone do this? <laughs> but even today, it's still hard. It is still impossible. Like you can get a, it's It does the usual video game thing where um, there's 16 people in the race. You're one of them. About a dozen of the AI drivers aren't shit. And then the last, like, the the top two or three, like, can really put some distance on the field. So you can finish lap one and you're basically fucked. And you're just like, I need to restart this and do it all over again. Uh, Fortunately, now there's dynamic difficulty. And you can just change too easy mid-mission or, like, on reloading a checkpoint. And suddenly everyone's just way slower. And after a few tries of like trying to get through that mission, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to go to easy because I remember hating this. I still hate it, even though the driving feels okay, The race is kind of cool. It's just not well balanced. So you can just change it and breeze through it and it's fine. Um, But it is the reason I was playing on a harder difficulty than I could really manage is because for a lot of the combat hard's pretty good like mm. the the shooting feels way more interesting the combat feels more interesting on a higher difficulty um because now you actually do need to be thinking about the environment a little bit but then you hit these like really scripted sequences where it just becomes a nightmare uh to to play through yeah um but yeah so it's like it's got the bad things about mafia but basically they've given you the tools now to just be like look this we both know this sucks, right? So just get through this mission and and move on. Um, I'm also just of mixed mind about whether or not it should or shouldn't have the bad things about Mafia. Like, you know, I, I get the the value proposition of like, I want to buy a game that is better. Like, I get the I, – I, I, it's almost like the, the Resident Evil 2 remake argument. I'm not saying that RE2 remake is better than, than the original Resident Evil 2 necessarily, but what I am saying is that was a game that was made with contemporary tastes in mind. Um, and I get the idea, like, let's overhaul this to just make it 
fit with what people want from a game like this. But there is part of me still, and I think I said this about RE2, that's like, I would just love a version of that game that you can play exactly as it was with the, with the, the there's an honesty in keeping the faults there. Like when you get a new, when you get a, a new print of a, of a classic film, like it doesn't stop the bad pacing in Act Two, <laughs> you know? What I mean? Like maybe yeah. there's a it's a better transfer or whatever. But there is there is some part of me, and I know that it's like Do a really want s- honesty. Though I feel no, like that's us saying that, and the general yeah. public would go absolutely, absolutely not, not. Give me the yeah. updated mechanics, please. I think you're totally right about what the wide audience wants. But part or of Shadow me, of the Colossus, right, was like yeah. a unique argument in which like part of it was oh the aesthetic changes is is a is a is actually changing the thing. F- and people yeah. didn't really have a problem with some of these subtle mechanical changes because totally. there was more of a broader agreement that the finickiness of that game was like okay to fix. But it was like, oh, when you change the way the lighting works, you're uh, you're affecting what to the me feel is you know, of I'm heart like, I'm of, yeah. speaking broadly about the the response for fans of like that's the heart of the game yeah. more than like how do the the platforming feel <laughs> right totally which is I I think that speaks to something that the even we whose whose careers have been talking and writing about video games still struggle with because art is complex and video games are especially complex uh, there it is it is tough to know why we like a thing sometimes like it is tough to know what part of the the pudding is the part you love and pudding is a really or the bad thing analogy. in the moment right like yes. this is this is why i you know was and increasingly now, I've said a second time, I might just be the thing that I do every year now, but just because I think it's an interesting exercise of like rearranging your top yeah. 10 list a year later, because I think that speaks to like until you have like distance and time, it is difficult. Like you may not be able to pull it apart, but I feel like distance and time gives you a better sense of what you did or didn't like about a thing than it is in the moment where I don't know any number of things can affect why you responded to a particular piece of. of Didn't art. I get dragged on this podcast for saying something like that like three years <laughs> ago? I feel what? like I dragged you. What? Yes, because I don't feel that way. But Patrick yeah. is on you. Patrick was on your side then. Okay, so uh, Patrick I, has joined about what? The di- about what's 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 distance, the, the importance I, of distance? I was talking three or four years. I don't ago. think it's. I, I think both of them are important. Like I think it is just as true to have the reaction in the moment than it is to true yes. later. I just. Those are two different reactions that Classic are Patrick. worth examining. Really walking down oh, the center. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, delete that co- I'm, gonna de- I'm gonna delete that code I'm supposed to give you after this podcast. <laughs> oh no. To no. the thing about like not knowing, like it can be hard to parse why you like a thing. I think Mafia is kind of your quintessential version of that because like there are thing there were things at the time that I was like, this sucks. There's things now even that I'm like, this is kind of hokey. Right. But the hokiness is part gives it a quality that other games now do not have. Like there's a weird there's an earnestness to it's that the PS2 way the game. quality. It really is. Yeah. There's a time yeah. and a place, man. It's just, it's just strong 1998 energy. Yeah. I think they I, I think they retained all the voice acting cuz it like oh, it's wow. kind of clunky in the ways I remember it being and Tommy sounds I'm into like that. I think that's Me great because that would seem like such an obvious thing to to switch oh and not God. doing that. Is, Patrick, I would almost like be curious accidentally Mm-hmm. Patrick, people keep accidentally overshooting on the Chicago accents oh. in a way. That oh, that's great! Love. That's great! I love it! I love like, it! I mean, like, but I just, I just mean like that's such an interesting to spend so much time yeah. overhauling the aesthetic, and then to not do that because arguably, you know, uh, it's not, it's not that those people are like bad voice actors, but how we even record voice acting, like the, the like the, the where that is on the value, <laughs> uh, like uh, the value system of like making a game, like. You would think it's just such an interesting creative choice to say no to that, 
but yes to high quality models and you know 4K textures and 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 all that stuff. I mean, I think, think about it, the. Go ahead. No, but I think I think it works in this case because I think the weird thing now Mafia Definitive Edition pulls off is that now it very much looks like what I think it always wanted to be, right? Which was a video game version of gangster films. And one of the things about gangster films is oftentimes they are just like car and fashion porn, right? It's just like like a movie set in 1932 will have a shocking amount of cars from 1932 or 1931 like in it. Yeah. And it doesn't because period pieces tend to overemphasize the moment, the present of whatever that contemporary reality was and and tend to underplay how much of the past lingered on. Into, yes. into that era. This is like and the classic so, thing of like the beginning of the 90s were still the 80s and no one, no one. And, and likewise, for the beginning, like the beginning of any decade, when you make the sort of nostalgia piece, you're you're really synthesizing a lot from what were fundamentally pretty different moments in time, like late 1979, early 1980 and late 18, late 1989 were very different times, basically everywhere in the, in the world, and because there had been a decade of very particular cultural and political uh, program put into place. Uh, and so the idea that like you couldn't summarize all of that stuff and then and make hard cuts is like dishonest about the way the the way you represent a time and a place and and or maybe not dishonest in the I have a goal in my dishonesty besides the sort of nostalgic like you said like there's a there's a fetishistic desire to see this very pristine version of what is there um and for me the best stuff is the stuff that acknowledges and incorporates that bleed from era to era but i think in in this game it does end up channeling um now it looks like Oh, they got all, you know, it looks like the way movies, uh, oh, they like basically rented out every vintage car uh, and replica they could and right. like just packed it on the streets. Now it looks like that. It has that quality and it looks good. It right. looks, it, it pulls off now what I think it always wanted to do, which is you are now the character in one of these gangster films. You're not a character in The Godfather because it's not good enough to be The Godfather. It's a right. shooter, right? There's no, like, there's like one scene where mafia where um where michael like kills somebody right yeah. that's that's basically it this is what if mafia what if what if what if you call him mafia corleone <laughs> <laughs> well that would be the less subtle mafia, remake right? i never wanted this that- for you <laughs> despite, despite, your, despite your name I always dreamed of better things for you, Mafia. Mercado, Mafia, yep. Corleone. Yeah, write that down. Erase my sad title. Before. Got it. Mafia, Corleone. <laughs> Jesus. You ever, have you ever looked up uh, uh, gameplay videos for the Godfather video game? I played oh, the Godfather shit, no. video game one and two to completion. That had like a strategy layer, right? I, wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, hold what? on, hold what? on, hold on. You played them? I played both of them to completion. Absolutely. Why? Because I, I love the Godfather and I love video games. <laughs> Godfather two, like what, what on, is? Ra- what? Ra- I'm, I'm just pasting you a, a gameplay click, uh, please. Uh, Godfather two, both of those games are the same thing. Like I, that's exactly the thing. So Godfather two specific, so both of them have the strategy layer, but Godfather two was doing. Do you, did you play Fable? Y'all played Fable two? There's like a real yes. estate element. Yeah. Godfather two also had that and. What had the thing of like 
you're waiting on real-time returns from your investments over the course of real days and hours. Uh, uh, and so, like, I would absolutely, like, buy bo- – also, Godfather 2 took place in Miami in the I, – I guess it was in the 50s. Um, and, like, that game that – game, these are bad games. They, sorry. These are not good Godfather games. <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm, I, but <laughs> I think that they do a lot of what Rob is saying about mafia here, right? Which is like there is a sort of pastiche that it's going for, and if you can accept that it's not going to do anything like The Godfather, then it, you're going to have an okay time. Uh, the All right, please click on the link that I just I, I deleted the original one. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Shoot, it it, it clipped did. it at the wrong part. Okay, hold on, hold I'll let on, you. I'll on. let you. I'll yeah. <laughs> let me read. I will say this. right now before I even okay. click this link. The worst thing about both of these games is any time that they write your character into the Godfather story. Like, right, because you're just a side. You're, you're always like a side. You're character, like right? the bruiser. You're like the best. You're like the best soldier they have. <laughs> You know what I mean? I need flowers for Apollonia. <laughs> Give me some flowers for Apollonia. Yeah, no, you're like the Bodie. Like, you are basically the Bodie from the wire of the Corleone crime family. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to hit play on this. What is, what is, okay. This is just, wa- just, just watch. This okay. is just a, it's a beautiful moment. Thanks to the YouTube, your uh, comment that pointed it out. Thanks, okay, Elmog. Police car with a big old stick of dynamite. Putting it behind a truck. Walking away. Wait, what's you, you know? Just trying to look cool. Beard. <laughs> wow, that's a very <laughs> effective. Oh my god! <laughs> you remember the part in The Godfather where like four cars blow up, right? Yeah, the chain reaction. You know that? Yeah, yeah. You remember when Michael Bay directed The Godfather <laughs> and uh, he was walking away? And God, I mean, listen. There's a ver- th- that's the thing. I think that's what both of those and games. The way he's getting wait, shot. Wait, nine why times is Stone Cold the fucking hitman? Really <laughs> the guy we're looking at does look like Stone Cold Steve Austin in a fedora, but. What I need you to know is he's very loyal to the family. He has the priorities in the right place. He has a lot of health. He could take a lot of bullets. Oh, yeah. His, uh, oh, yeah. I went. I definitely went to a Godfather, uh, like, preview event. Oh, um, yeah. That was, like, the uh, age of those, point. right? Yeah. For sure. Um, um, I, listen, I anyway. feel like that there is – I feel like a, a, a critical reevaluation of the Godfather 2 specifically – Maybe the Godfather 2 Black Hands edition on the Wii, because that's the one where you could choke people with your hands right. using the Wii. Uh, just as uh, Nintendo just, uh, just, dreamed. Yeah, just as, just, well, Manhunt just also as came to the, to the Wii, right? And had similar, like, murder scenes. Yeah, 100%. You know, 100%. About that game, Miyamoto uh, said he thought after the game you should be forced to visit everyone you hurt in a, in a hospital <laughs> and place a pillow over their face and pop them one. Yeah, exactly. Dude, the Godfather 2 had, like, a had like a character recruitment system where you got, like, I don't know if they were proc gen or not, but you got, like, you got, like, a crew that ran with you and had different specialties you had your safe cracker you had your dude who could like open up crowbar things open these are just two different people who can open things i kind of focused (laughs) it on this one this one that's what you're mostly doing as a mobster um really quick to go back to the to the to the remake uh uh discourse the one of the things i wanted to add is like sometimes when you're doing a remake and and patrick you hit on this a little bit with like the voice acting technique stuff. I think it's easy to not understand how much new techniques and like protocol can completely change the feeling of a game. The one that the thing that comes to mind um, that I would I would I think would result in this is have you all heard the the quote about what happened with 
the uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion um, uh, voice acting. Do you know about how they did that and why that oh, game the sounds the way it does? Oh, this was a tweet recently, right? Yeah, I, I have the full um, uh, uh, thing here. This is from um, this is from an interview uh, with I need this person's first name, Lampert, uh, Mark Lampert, who it was, was from the a audio. No documentary. I right? think that yeah. that's true. Yeah, it was from the no- yes, it was from it was from Danny's No Clip documentary on the music and soundscapes of Bethesda RPGs. Daniel Dwyer. I shouldn't just say Danny; like people just know, <laughs> like oh, you know, Danny. Um, hey, uh, yeah, hey, hey, Danny, Danny Pictures, <laughs> Danny, Danny Mafia Corleone, uh, Danny, classic Italian name. Um, there's also a picture I have somewhere, like a little behind the scenes making of sort of thing, and it's a shot of a script which I'd probably I'd probably just come from Kinko's, like three in the morning to print and put into binders and all this kind of thing. And we didn't have a good way to, at the time, to sort by these lines go good with this quest, these lines go with this quest. But in that picture with the script, if you look at it closely, you'll notice that the lines are all alphabetically sorted. It was one of those things that I just didn't think of at the time (laughs) while putting the scripts together, which means that no one in all of Oblivion knew any context for any of the lines they were reading. (laughs) Thank you, Mina. <laughs> uh, mad, mad at that. Marks. Yeah, uh, it's a wonder that they didn't lose their minds because it starts off with all a sentences, and you know, wait until you get to the hellos and the highs. There's pages <laughs> like, "Hi, how are you? Hi, hello, hello, hi, how, how, how?" You know, all while trying to maintain the character that they're supposed to fight. That is like bananas. And if you if you remade Oblivion today. That just wouldn't be the case because there have been developments in the way in which people do voice acting. And I promise you the outcome would be different because the process changed. And I'm so curious about something like Mafia where like there must be dozens of those things around art assets, around – I mean I saw that they did new motion capture for that game basically. And like I'm sure that changes the character of the thing to some degree. And and I'm sure there's lots of decisions that go into how much of that do we want to keep, how much of that do we want to change up. You know, and I don't know. It's fascinating. So uh, I will say too. So the the last thing you do in the game is you go on um, sort of your classic. Oh, it's a milk run gone bad uh, type thing, and you're going to like a smuggler's uh, like transit point where you're doing the the handoff with Canadian whiskey at this farm. Right. And um, man, this game does like harsh stark like arc lighting and like rain really well like it's night scenes are really sensational and you know it's it's kind of the best and worst of this game is you start out with having a good conversation with uh with polly you know he's it's polly he's the kind of the joe pesci uh you know violent dude but he's also kind of vulnerable and sad uh in in a weird way but you you sort of see that he is starting to maybe resent a little bit that like you know tommy angelo is the player character he's competent at everything Polly is definitely goofus uh to tommy's gallant but right. you go there and it's like the people you're supposed to meet are not there and you go through this farm and it's eerily abandoned clearly like things are gonna go bad and it's like steadily mounting tension and then when like you finally get in the shootout it feels it feels pretty good right like it definitely feels like there's there's a moment where i like rounded the corner in this uh like abandoned stable and come face to face with um like a couple cops Mm -hmm. and 
immediately I was like, oh, this is why the Tommy gun was like the king of this era. Cause I just sort of react and like just spray down a room full of people with, uh, with, with the Tommy gun. And I was like, yeah, that feels cool. And like an appropriately like Scarfacey uh, way. Um, and Did they name the Tommy gun after Tommy Angelo. <laughs> yeah, he was such he was such a maestro with it. Uh, the, they sort of raised it to the rafters uh, once once his time had passed. Uh, the Thompson he, Tommy Angelo <laughs> submachine gun, the Tommy Angelo edition. Yeah, uh, pre order yours now. Uh, <laughs> the iconic the- <laughs> Tommy Anderson Thompson submachine gun. Yeah. Yeah, you you knew uh, you knew who the tryhards were in World War II if they were carrying the Tommy <laughs> Angelo edition across on shore at Normandy. Oh, yeah, on shore Normandy, you look over. There, oh, you got the you got the deluxe edition then, huh? I love that guy. I love that Tommy guy. Tommy Angelo, he's the that goat. Guy puts it to work. Uh, but you go through this whole sequence. It looks great. It's like okay, this is definitely like better. Like this is the game that you sort of imagined it to be maybe at the time. But then the end of the mission is. Oh, Tommy, no, Joey got shot. We got to get him out of here. Here, get in the back of the truck. And here's a machine gun. It has infinite ammo. Shoot the cops <laughs> off us. And so you, like, have the, the sequence where you're driving around the truck and, like, you know, machine gunning cop cars. They chase you down. And it's like, okay, this is a little tired. And then you're like, I am ready for the sequence to end because the tension is draining out. It doesn't live up to the shootout uh, at night in the farm. It's not as good. And you're like, I'm ready for this to end. And it's like, what if three waves of cop cars? Ah. And I was like, I was hoping it would not be that, but okay, let's go. Um, And then you're like desperate for it to end. And then you get a cut, like a cut scene of a police armored car. Um, rolling up on you and again i'm thinking like it's 1930 like how much armor could you put on a car before it was no longer capable of even chasing down a delivery truck right like it feels like Mm. the police were not gonna win this race but they do and it's got a big heavy machine gun right and you've got a submachine gun and i'm like well this is this doesn't make sense but also we're fucked right and joey who's like bleeding from his gut shot uh wound he's like Shoot the turret when they're reloading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which video, is my favorite season games. scene in uh, Godfather Two. Oh. Um, you know when they when they do in fact have to have to shoot shoot the turret out uh-huh. on um, you know the well, actually that's, a, that's the thing is if Sonny had just shot the turret <laughs> if Sonny had just shot the turret that was a, that was at that, uh, that toll booth? the toll booth things would have gone yeah. different yeah you have to shoot out the turret once you've disabled the turret you have to shoot out the armored like bars on the uh wi- the windshield of the uh, cop car too yeah and it's just like this this was that game dude but that um, stuff hasn't stopped like I'm still pissed that Ghost of Su- Ghost of Tsushima also has a turret sequence in it like why the fuck have we not moved past this as a touchstone anyway? And they're not good. Here's the weird thing. I feel like when turret sequences first popped on the scene, they tended to be all right. They tended to, like, I remember, like, the turret sequences in, like, Medal of Honor, Allied Assault, or, like, Call of Duty. It's kind of fun. It's like, oh, shit, we're, we got to get out of here. And you're, you know, yeah, shooting yeah. Kuba wagons full of Nazis. And, like, fine, it's cool. It's a cool chase. It feels like they've all gotten worse. Um, Are you sure it's that and not just like the thing where if you go back and eat the sort of candy you liked as a as a child, your teeth hurt now? That might be it. But it also I just have the suspicion that um, 
they've tried like in the process of trying to make these sequences uh more spectacular and maybe also feel a little bit like less inert from a gameplay standpoint they've both gotten like fussier and like mm-hmm. harder in ways well, that like last of us last of us part two like had that issue where the, the, they're they're rare but there were a couple of chase sequences where it goes from a game where you're really supposed to be worrying about your ammo count mm. and reloading and being careful to just yeah just cool you can just unload just whack that r2 button and just just unload your your bullets uh and spray them across the screen as it gets a little uncharted-y um in a way that like you know doesn't really comport with especially for how long it goes on it's like okay cool if you've done this for maybe like two minutes i could buy it but when it goes on for five ten minutes it's a it's a little strange yeah 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 but like these are all like that's that's the thing like mafia has all these recognizable like obvious issues but also it has kind of that goofy appeal where it's like cool like I, I do, in fact, love stepping out of, uh, you know, a car, checking the magazine on a Tommy gun and walking into the night. Like, that sounds cool as hell. The yeah. game nails that. Um, but then it also has just other video game bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, that made the transition. Well, all right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we can we can talk about things that are new instead of just the old stuff that's been <laughs> sort of updated. Uh, is there is that that's not out yet, right? That's out later this fall. When is that? That's a great question. Okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> One September might have expected to look it up, but September 25th says says the internet says so a quick search. Uh, I hope the save rolls over, but it probably won't. It probably won't. It probably won't. Fuck. I hit that with something else this week, fuck. and I was like, "Fuck, uh, it's fine. Let me just restart this thing. It's fine. It's fine." <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back. Uh, Kato, can you talk to me about Outriders, a game that I don't know that I... Hmm. When Outriders... Okay, so... (laughs) Outriders is people can fly, and when I first, when they first debuted Outriders, I felt like I'd made a wish, like yeah. a cursed wish, like I felt like a monkey like paw curl, yeah. uh-huh. because my first impression was that it was Warframe, but with cover mechanics, and I had previously said foolishly I would play war. I'd play a Warframe if it just if I'm you know, I listen. I'm just boring. I just don't click with the Warframe combat, which seems like its own unique and cool thing. I've mm. tried a half dozen times at this point. It just doesn't work for me. I would like the version just feels like Mass Effect. Just let me take cover and do some special abilities and and I'll play that game. And then I saw Outriders the reveal, which was like was that earlier this year? Or was that 
last year. I think so. Holy shit, God, that was what this the year. Fuck was time? That was apparently yeah. this year. Uh, and I was like, and I was in pre-COVID, so it's like a different year. Yeah. Um, and I was like, uh, this looks really drab. This doesn't look like it has any character. Um, so huh. now I'm curious, now that like people have played it, uh, things have been less negative, but I'm curious how you feel about it. Uh, and also, I mean, if, if that's a, if, if my impression was correct about what it is. Uh, drab, yeah. You know what? Hold on, let me just paste a quick uh, cut. I don't know. Yeah, screenshot here. I got a screenshot here of uh, okay. part of this game. Yeah, which, okay. Uh, Listen, that's... <laughs> uh, gray and to brown trench and warfare. Destiny does World War One. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Okay, um, I'm in. <laughs> uh, so this is the end. The end of my hands-on time. I played like what was it? Like three hours or something of this game, and um, it was specifically about like they're like revealing one of the like last classes, the okay. uh, Technomancer. So this is like. Um, you know, um, third person think what if instead of uh, think if think of, um, the division basically, and you've got an idea of what's going on, except instead of obviously like militech, like high tech stuff, you have like magical abilities. Um, but although guns and yes, the guns and, yeah. kind of feel very similar actually. And, um, also, the the Technomancer, which was the class that they were showcasing at this hands-on, does have three different turrets that they can place. So not okay. that different necessarily, I guess. But yeah, that's still that's a division agent. That's you're a division. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but um, yeah. I just like the world itself and uh, what we were kind of fighting. Like it all is very kind of drab in a way that you don't i mean right there's this there's like a cataclysm that gives people magical powers i expect things to be a little more interesting looking i don't know it just didn't sit great with me because it's it felt it felt okay but like the 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 division had um kind of a lot of control in the way it set up its encounters given that it had this kind of urban landscape where they could like make different choke points and stuff and like you would move from outside of buildings to in into buildings and there would be interesting kind of dynamics uh built into that um something about the way that the encounters in this outriders hands-on were set up it felt like there was always too much space and never enough cover for a cover shooter Mm. it was really odd um um, it didn't help that I was also playing with, um, you know, like all demos now have to be remote. So you're oh, using right. this, um, they did well, so this was not a build. They didn't send you a build. You're no. doing a stream. You did a, yes. okay. um, okay. a Parsec or whatever it's called. Um, and so everything was kind of like muddy because you're getting a video encoded sending over to you. And I thought, right. I wonder how much of this is being muddied by just the way that I'm playing it. And then uh, they sent over capture footage of the machine Ah, that was sending it. And I'm watching through it and I'm like, wow, no, this game is just so muddy and difficult to kind of make out the 
other the the enemies and mm-hmm. there's reticles in here that are like I was using a sniper rifle that had a, a a scope where the 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 markings on the scope were all like brown. Like what? I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> That's the opposite of what you want. You yeah. want a, you want a reticle to stand out from the background, right? Exactly. Not, um, and not just a, like, a camouflaged reticle. I feel like that specific thing, like, kind of exemplifies the like design, the visual design of this game. It's just like. Mm hard to tell things apart um and that kind of makes it uh it, it like made it really difficult to to even tell a lot of times like oh where am i getting shot from like what like what right. where am i in danger like where is where are the threats um the mini map wasn't very helpful either like there was just like a lot of confusion and it added to that is the fact that there's a bunch of magical effects going off like you have all these magical powers that create lots of explosions and things, and so do the enemies. Um, right. At least that part was interesting, where you're kind of fighting against other um, other people of like the same. Um, they're called. I mean, um, they're called outriders. outriders. What are they? Yeah, okay. but like, I think there there was another altered. Sorry, um, altered is like just a, a person who has magical powers, and I think outriders right. is a specific type of mercenary of that of sure. those people. Um, but anyways, you're fighting other altered, um, and that part was, was, it was kind of interesting, except, um, it was hard to kind of tell what was happening and all of those altered always had way too much health. I was playing, it was a multiplayer session with two other people. Um, and I remember one fight taking like 10 minutes against just this one dude. And that was a boss, presumably, or no, it was a mini boss. It was in the <laughs> middle of this fucking level. Um, and and it wasn't just it wasn't that we were getting caught out and people were going down. So there was never enough damage on the boss or anything like that. We were up the whole time just kind of laying into this guy with everything we had. And it's just like, that's just how long it took. <sighs> um, it, it has that. Uh, people complained about how. um how and maybe this is because of the setting in the division how kind of um bullet spongy, spongy yeah, some of the enemies yeah. felt uh this is worse uh, uh a lot of the ads are pretty like fine or whatever a lot of the kind of smaller enemies but anytime like a special enemy with powers shows up like you're gonna be there a few <clears throat> minutes just fighting that one person right. um and it's entirely possible that we were missing some sort of mechanic um, they've mentioned it now that they were kind of understaffed for this event and had no one there to explain if there were any sort of special like um, mechanics that we should pay attention to as far as like because this was putting us like you know a few hours into the game there were no tutorials at all we were kind of just thrown into a mission right, um, but right. as far as I could tell we weren't doing anything that was making these fights longer they're just that long so it was it ended up yeah. being like two hours of just like uh it was a two or three hours of like a real slog through all these things um and then at the end of it there i sent this screenshot of just like yeah a weird world war one section where these um these uh trenches didn't do anything like people there was no like there was no sense of like Two armies kind of like 
held up. You know, the way that, like, uh, you kind of assume for trench warfare and a few people, like, spilling out into, like, No Man's Land every mm-hmm. once in a while. It was just, like, there were enemies everywhere. This was, like, an open map where, like, you could get um, surrounded from any side and it didn't really, like, do anything with the idea of, like, we've set up a, a line here. Right. Uh, I don't know. Like, it just ended up... Feel, it, felt, it feels sluggish. It feels like the enemies have too much health. It feels like they weren't doing anything particularly interesting with any of the abilities. And um, I just... I don't know. Like, I people just, keep trying sound... to... Huh? I said, you, you sound pretty pretty negative. Yeah, I... I did not like it, and like I was, I was hoping because like I enjoyed uh, the Division One a lot. Um, yeah, didn't really get into the Division Two as as much, but uh, that's only because Destiny was good at the time. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I was like, you know, ready for another third person. Uh, th- this kind of take on on um, no, the third person uh, take on like the the Destiny model, I guess, uh, but. I don't think I'm gonna like really check did you get this a, game out because did you get a sense of the progression model at all? Because I, my understanding is, in fact, it is not a games of service game. It's not a live game in the way that like Destiny or Warframe are actually. Huh. I don't know if you saw leveling or anything like that. Yeah, no. I mean, there's a skill tree. There's uh, weapons with uh, numbers on them, and the numbers go up. So I assumed it was. I, yeah, are you I, sure? They, they're out there being like, "This is not a live game. This is not games of service." Which okay. you're getting, you're getting a complete product out the box, and who sure. who knows if that's them like playing with a ter- with terminology? Like, yeah. I'm so curious about that as a contested space because of the way in which and Patrick, you and I were just talking about this. The way in which the world has turned on games as service, right? Like the ways in which I don't know, if they've, I don't know if they've turned. I just think it is in a similar way that right. a thing like yes. a microtransaction. The term itself, yes. gets people to go, and so yes. uh-huh. um, games that would otherwise be classified under that umbrella, I do feel like publishers and marketing teams are trying to a like if even if you tick down a list to be like that sounds like a games as a service. Mm-hmm. If you say, well, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, how do you know till the game's out and yeah, you right. can sort of figure out what it I is? Guess, and what does that mean anyway? I guess like, some, are patches, patches are a service. A game right. that gets updated later is a service. Like, what does that even, yeah. what does it mean anyway to be a service? Right. Well, um, yeah, it what, just mechanically has a lot of the, the RPG elements that you expect from those specific type of games of leveling and, like, uh, gear having a score on it and gear having perks on it, like... Uh, that was one thing that I I did think was good was there were interesting like gameplay affecting perks on mm-hmm. guns like I had a gun that would have like a twenty five percent chance to slow an enemy which was great to like uh, deal so it was it was really great for crowd control um, and there were like interesting like a, a one or two interesting ideas in that um, when you were there was a lot of like um, like fun like freezing and movement uh, abilities that like dealt with the kind of swarms of people but like mm-hmm. the second there was any like like special epic em- enemy all of that kind of like s- like grinded to a halt because they would also resist your abilities which was just the worst fucking feeling of like yeah. i have this gun that slows people like one every four shots and then the fourth shot hit and it's like 
ability resisted. And I'm like, shit, like I'm not doing anything <laughs> here. It feels yeah. like the, the, the enemy has too much health and is resisting all the things I throw at it. It's just like they've balanced it too far and like the this person is strong and like they're just like like the top tier of the en- in this enemy group, not a boss, right? Like I under- I would understand if this was like a special boss at the end of like the level or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got but you. they yeah. kept throwing them at at, at us Ugh. and it was just yeah, not really not fun. <laughs> the um the uh, having dug through a quote now the the thing they're basically saying is like compare it more to Diablo where there will be expansions down the line. Mm-hmm. There will be added content from what what you know they are saying not that every week that they add two or three additional items or small things and they force you to do some activities or unlock other things that's not our approach um you can think of it like the old school diablo games uh, where the more or less more you get a more or less finished product and then a big expansion from time to time that expands the whole game and the whole universe um and also like yeah no microtransactions no no whatever but it's like it is an online only game it's right. just that you're going to get everything they've built when the game comes out, the, you will beat that game. You will beat that game and put it aside. You will not play that game week to week indefinitely the way right. people currently play a Destiny, which is interesting given some of the conversation we had last week or on mon- Monday about uh, some some um, uh, live service games and w- the degree of, of which those are successful, which, by the way, someone reached out and, and let me know I could, I could share this uh, from <clears throat> their time with EA. A developer reached out. Which yeah, I've not vetted this quote. This this is this is hearsay, obviously. But someone who spent some time at EA says that that uh, when they were at EA, uh, what they were what they learned basically was that FIFA's ultimate team annually pays for all of EA. Madden's ultimate team is all the profit, and anything else after that is a bonus. Um, you know, they, they aren't sure how Apex changes <laughs> that, or how other stuff has changed, or like how the after setting that as the model, how that then like you know filters out um but but basically said the same thing about like the way mass effect 3 multiplayer worked which we knew that was very successful people have been on quote about mass effect 3 multiplayer um but yeah that spoke basically to to kato your point last last monday which was like this is not about it's not it's 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 not that it's a big success it's that it adds longevity and adds and adds income at a lower cost than what you might think it is like there's right. such a big spike in it um um from microtransactions um so so yeah outriders no microtransactions not going to be one of those games um it does not necessarily sound from hearing you talk about it like it could sustain it anyway so yeah we'll see that's out that that is out this year still i believe so i i'm i'm still kind of curious about it um I, though also that's like a december release which is classic slip to late q1 mm-hmm. uh shit so mm-hmm. we'll see um, Patrick, you played a couple games that we should we should shout out before we start wrapping up. Uh, yeah, I'm reluctant to unpack. Tell me why too much. This is we're getting towards the end of where I can stick around in this podcast, and sure. uh, I don't want to tell me why it has a lot going on, and I don't want to give that game. Should you give that a uh, full a full sh- you short know. shrift? So we might want to wait until next week for me to uh, unpack um, more. I would mostly just rec- point people to uh, the excellent review uh, that Adia wrote for us that just went live literally as we're. Uh, talking about this, but tell me why is the um, folks who aren't familiar the new game from uh, Don't Nod? Um, it has gotten a lot of attention because they've made it kind of a marketing point to be that it's the uh, you know quote unquote first game to have a uh, trans character as the one of the central protagonists. Um, At least one of like uh, the first 
it's tough because like are they triple a it, it isn't it's just one of the first ones that's being sold as a big product with big, it's part of the market i mean like you know it's that's it's, one of the claims you, you, can, you can quit you, you know i think yeah, there's yeah, yeah. rifle reasons to quibble over like what they're trying like <laughs> what they're trying to make claim to but it is you know easily one of the most um you know uh front and center uh you know, uh, public big game, big yeah, games to yeah, have yeah, a, yeah. a trans character, um, at the, the center of it. Um, and the, the basic setup of, of tell me why is, uh, that, the, um, um, at the time, this brother and sister, um, you know, they, there was a incident with, uh, their mother in which, uh, one of the characters, uh, kills their mother. Um, and, uh, the game is about unpacking, um, sort of like the unsaid, why parents do what they do? Why do they parent the way they parent? Um, what is, you know, the tell me why is the the things left unsaid um, by parents when they're no longer around. And the sort of specific arc of this game is uh, in regards to um, uh, Tyler, um, the character who uh, transitions after this uh, incident. Um, and basically this i want to spoil a little bit of the premise of the, of the game because i think it's important to sort of distinguish um is that uh the initially it seems as though the framing of the game's uh, arc is going to be um you know is this a, a parent who was not accepting of their child and um what they were going through and was this act of violence that occurred uh, a result of this parent uh uh, not wanting to accept what was going on with their child. And and pretty quickly early on, the game dismisses that and that it, it's not, um, um, or it's, it appears to not be. I've only played the first of three episodes. Um, and actually it's, well, if my, if my, if my parent didn't, wasn't rejecting my, uh, my transness, then why did they act the way they did? And it's about these, this, these uh, siblings trying to unpack that coming back to their home and their town. Well, uh, uh, you know, sort of 10 years after this event and trying to figure out um, what happened and, and why it happened there. Of course it's, uh, you know, being uh, adjacent of life is strange. There are supernatural elements. The, 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 the siblings can, I don't think it takes place in the life is strange universe. Cause this is published by Microsoft. Um, oh. Maybe this will be a, I don't know if this is a big a from situation where uh, there'll be yeah. like quiet nods yeah. to just sort of like as an Easter egg to fans. Um, I haven't noticed anything uh, yet, but the, the siblings can speak to each other psychically. Um, they also have the ability to um, uh, uh, observe sort of like memories that they can then uh, interact with, not interact with, but they can, uh, they can sort of observe a, a moment that occurred between the two of them. Um, in the environment. And then one of the mechanics is that you can sort of like choose what is the canonical memory, like the, where the siblings will have viewed something differently oh, or had a different interpretation of events. Um, huh. It's interesting. I don't, in the first episode, I don't, I don't know that it justifies the super, it actually feels like this would have been a stronger story without any of the supernatural elements. And it was just two characters wrestling mm. with the specific uh, question they have about, um, the central parent in their life and that the supernatural elements are just a way with so many games struggle with, which is how do you do 
sort of like, you know, storytelling um, across different timelines. Like right. it's really just, I, I think Dia puts it, I think in, in, in their review, you know, it's just another way of doing like notes or voice memos that are left behind. It's just the, the memory, they try to pat, pitch the memories as these are things that are really important. Well, and then it turns out like a lot of these memories seem really innocuous and maybe innocuous things can be important in the tapestry of our memories and mm-hmm. what we, you know, how we uh, process emotions and trauma. Um, but it, I, you know, it that doesn't always seem to be the case. It just seems like sometimes it's just color for the characters and um and their lives. And so, um, I I don't I'm I'm increasingly of the fact that I don't know that I I like the stories that Don't Not is trying to tell. I don't know that they always need to rely on a supernatural trope to uh accomplish it. Um, yeah. as, or really a mechanic, but it's becoming tropey this many times into. Um, life is strange. So, or you know, this sort of like a specific approach to storytelling that was started with life is strange and, and continues with, uh, uh, tell me why. So, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed on it. I, 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 I like the characters quite a bit. Um, but I just don't know how I feel about its characterization, uh, quite yet. Like the way the game sort of sets itself up is, um, there's not a lot of table setting. It's just sort of mm-hmm. like starts with them in the home and then tries to fill in the characterization, the background, the color of these characters through the psychicness and these memories. And also the fact that they're in the old home, which means you can kind of look at a bunch of things around the wall. And I don't know. I I don't know that it's, I I think it like ends up doing the characters sort of a disservice where there would have been better time spent uh, setting up these characters a little bit uh, differently. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to read Dia's review. It seems, it seems Hefty. It seems like a classic Dia joint. So yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. I would you know like to, to to be like a quick summarization of of Dia's thoughts in the game is uh, that that you know rat, uh, on one hand um, it it's not a game that you know from Dia's mind at least what I can tell from the the first episode um, you know isn't something centered in like trans trauma and but in in, in actuality swings in a different direction that comes across as maybe a bunch of people very worried about what it would be like to tell a story that had rough edges and instead becomes some ways like a progressive checklist of like, how do we safe do safe storytelling? So I think one of Dia's most interesting points is about the question of like, well, when we want other people to tell stories, what, what are we, what are we actually asking for? Mm -hmm. And if the result of that is a game that feels like, no, of course there's not going to be, um, like physical confrontations with someone who is trans in a small town where you would probably expect that it's not necessarily the most progressive place uh, to live. Um, you know, what, what, what does that mean for the quote, you know, when we're asking for representation, I think Dia explores that question really interestingly while also acknowledging, and I think this will probably be true that a lot of people will distract really strongly yeah. to uh, a lot of tell me why um, in the same way that people reacted really strongly to life is strange, despite life is strange, having all sorts of, um, problematic elements right. in terms of like how it, it um, you know, d- chose to uh, engage with queerness. Um, and I think that's in some ways that is like what don't not is doing. Like, I think that is part and parcel. I think they're like more uh, they're thinking through that. I think a lot of life is strange came across as accidental stumbling into something and uh, tell me why it feels a lot more uh, thoughtful. Um, but like, what does it mean? Like, what does that mean to be th- thoughtful um is i think sort of a interesting marker in the arc of games trying to include more stories it's like well what are the stories that they're telling and why are they telling them um i think is an interesting 
uh, question. So I'm, I'm interested to see how more of how it explores it in the subsequent. D had played all three episodes. The, the episodes gotcha. are coming out weekly um, in response to a criticism of Life is Strange and Life is Strange huh. uh, 2, uh, where the episodes, uh, Life is Strange 2, like that game took place <laughs> over a year. Yeah. It was way too long. It was it was brutal for um, a game that I think is much better than it got credit for because a lot of people fell off because it didn't have the main characters from the original uh, game. Um, but Tell Me Why is three episodes. They come out weekly. They're done. The reviewers got to play the whole arc. Um, I think it's a much smarter way to roll this uh, stuff out um, from a um, sort of a, a player perspective, um, whereas I'm going to try and play them week <clears throat> to week and try to experience the story as as folks are going to be um, getting the episodes uh, over the next uh, nearly a month. All right. Well, I'm, I, we'll see how we'll see how people respond to it. I suspect that you're right that a lot of folks will will respond really positively just by being able to see the representation that that they've been looking for in a way that does not fall into any of the pitfalls that that you know they are worried about it's a different set of pitfalls uh, but, right but, it's like when you something yeah. swings the other direction yeah, from like a deadly is. premonition two to be like Ugh, yeah okay they tried to do you know it appears again that tried to do the work but then it's like you know uh this tiny little alaskan town is like progressive city and it's just right. like well, well this it's, doesn't it's not just that though i think there's also an element like in dia's review i think the other argument is that there is so much caution around like navigating the potential issues around the representation that's happening in the story that it creates a pretty dramatically inert story is is the problem like this becomes a it becomes a story that is so cautious around its characters and handling not just the issues that its characters are dealing with but also just its characters uh handles them with such care that you end up with a very well-meaning story, but the impression I got, like, you know, reading Dia's review is that ultimately there's not a lot of, like, stakes to it. You know, for for all that, like, for all that setup sounds really heavy. Yeah. It The impression I got from Dia is that, like, the tension just keeps bleeding out of the story because at every turn it's like kind of rushing to reassure that like we're handling this responsibly. None of the bad things you're worried about happening are going to happen, but also it doesn't then have really convincing other sources of tension right. uh, in the story. Right. Which right. Cause like they're like every, like almost, you know, uh, Tyler, um, the character transitioned, um, they're coming back to the town for the first time in 10 years. Um, their sister, uh, or his sister, uh, has, right? He's, his this sister, is, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know if they've like listed the exact pronouns. I was just default to there sometimes yeah, just yeah. so I can uh, probably, uh, This is one of those cautious. cases where it's it's probably very important to get it right on the on he, him, given given that he's a trans man, right? Um, y- yes. Like one, one of the, one of the uh, you know, what, what happens over and over is like, is Tyler uh, uh, asserting that masculinity? Like, for example, one of the early encounters uh, you have is with, uh, this character who has been sort of like overseeing your house um, while um, your sister has not really been there and and you've been away at, a, I believe, a juvenile, a juvenile facility as a result of the actions that occurred that night. Um, and uh, this character is clearly supposed to represent um, like he's been drinking, like it's clear, like he's, this is gonna be, oh, like this burly, 
um, a backwater dude <laughs> with a beard and a belly. Like this is going to be the one that's like, you know, going to be the shit bag that is like the stand in for like a uh-huh. bunch of folks not accepting uh, Tyler. And, like every character you encounter because you're coming back for the first time has there is like a brief moment where they're like, oh, ah, um, and right. There's there's no dead naming. There's no there's no shaming. Um, even the, the even the drunkard at the end of the day is like basically like the game frames it at the, so at the end of every life is strange episode. There's always um, you can see like the choices you made and yeah. how that was like sort of reflected by other players. And I believe tell me why um, frames this encounter as like you earned Sam's respect. <laughs> um, um, Cause like the end of it is sort of like, well, even, even this, this, uh, uh, this drunkard, you know what? Thinks you're a man too. And um, so that's like a little emblematic of like, w- like the world that it's playing in. And the thing is, I, I also see why a game ends up this way because them choosing to go this path. Um, there were a lot of red flags immediately the moment when, they announced that they were even working within this world. So I'm not shocked to see it, you know, end this way um, or kind of end up in this this sort of like playground that it, that it's that's working within. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just curious. It's almost more like it's curious to see like where does it go from here in terms of um, like capital R representation. It's like where does Tell Me Why fit within a larger right. space of games like this? Does Tell Me Why I give mean, permission to like tell thornier stories or is Tell Me Why – uh, you know, representative of like, oh, th- this is all you can basically expect from games of this scale. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like it, 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 it part of what makes Dia's claim or argument rather here, um, uh, you know, valid or what grounds it is the absence of many other stories that have trans protagonists in this right. medium, right? Like in inside of especially AAA video games. Where if that was not the case, then you would have the range of stories, some of which are thorny about it, some of which are, you know, are just like, oh, yeah, there are are also trans characters here. And they are – their transness doesn't even come up as a point of contention because that's not what we're doing here. That field is already covered by game XYZ, um, you know, the way the way that, that at this point race and gender can just – you could just have a character who is a woman in a game now without it being – I mean, it will be contested outside of the game very, very often. Um, well, it's also not going to be marketed, right? Like yes, the fact that right, – like tell me why yes. has its transness marketed as a bullet point yeah. is both – a a quote unquote sign of progress, but also is reflective of, yeah, exactly Dia's point of like, tell me why ends up being safe. And then so much gets put on its shoulders because of that is purely because it is the fact that it can claim a marketing point is itself, you know, reflective of the lack of representation. So definitely. um, And frankly, the other, the other thing here is that like, there's also for me as a, when I, when I'm telling stories with characters with marginalized identities, one of like the, first things to think about is like is this is there one character in this whole work that fits that identity and what then have you put on that character's shoulders to be whether whether you intend for that character to be a representation or not to formally act as a stand-in as a sort of um uh synecdoch i never pronounced that word right why do i always fuck up that word you know what i'm talking about uh, a sort of like microcosm for all of that character's, you know, uh, uh, class or, or or you know, category or ident- identitarian category. Um, there's like a you see this a lot, I think, when you look at the history of film, in which you know you have uh, I, I you know I think a lot about the era of 
a film where you you get the kind of black white not even buddy comedy but but predating that the sort of race drama um the sort of like um uh, uh in the heat of the night or um god what is the what is the why am i blanking on the sydney portier yeah, uh, oh, jailbreak shit. film what is the name Wild of that film the, no, is that the, right no it's not but it's something um, uh, like the defiant ones, the defiant, defiant ones, ones. Um, you the get, wild you, ones. You end up having like, okay, well, this is what black. This is what an idealized blackness is, or an acceptable blackness is, or you get the sort of like. And I'm speaking to this because this is this is my marginalization, right? Um, uh, you get that sort of like, oh, okay, this has now been gated in as what good representation looks like, and also what good blackness or good identity character looks like. And that is also limiting in the long term and puts a demand on the back of the the marginalized to either look like that thing or not look like that thing. Um, there's, a, there's a book that Deleuze and Guattari wrote about Kafka's work um, called Towards a Minor Literature in which they kind of outline this idea of Jewishness, Jewishness in – uh, European literature and the, the ways in which, including like the the, the stock Jewish character, uh, ends up being part of, of a program to that goes on the and also then also critics reading Jewish writers and basically saying like ah yes Kafka the preeminent Jewish writer and and what's that do to to the cultural character of what Jewishness is supposed to be. Um, uh, that's really fascinating and, and, and it kind of digs into the weight that both at the character and creator level you end up with um, this 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 added burden that goes onto the back of any single example of this and you know th- their their takeaway is not and that's why you should include more than one character of any given marginalized background this is this is me now with contemporary you know uh, concerns in mind suggesting that but like I wonder how much different this game ends up being if there are multiple trans characters there. If there are characters who, you know, for for whom their transness is a point where there are stakes, and there are characters for whom that this is just not part of what the arc of their story is. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, and I, you know, again, speaking to my own my own marginalizations, like I don't need every story about a bi man to m- make that make his bi-ness uh, or or his blackness be a point of stress or tension but i but i also don't want the world of those i don't want those elements of what it means to be those things to be erased or to be left behind in in pursuit of safety i don't only want stories about blackness right now that are it hey here is a black superhero and their blackness does not show up Outside of it's a color on this on on you know their skin, and they uh, they happen to be black, and that's it. The end. There's no they don't inter- they don't interact with blackness as a con- as an American construct, uh, or you know in 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 the American construct uh, at all. They don't they don't have thoughts about police violence. They don't have thoughts about um uh you know uh, racism uh, about microaggressions. They don't experience these things. They don't. It doesn't come up. Um, uh, I, I want there to be, or rather, I don't want a world in which there are no stories that do that. I think I'm fine with there being examples of that happening. We're like, oh yeah. And also here's like, here's our kind of, 
uh, you know, our collection of characters who represent a bunch, a bunch of different backgrounds. But I want there to be stories out there that are also engaging with what it means to be black in 2020, what it means to be bi in 2020, and like what the stereotypes are around that, and what people expect, and what the pressures are uh, of that there. Um, and I want those stories to happen alongside the pressures of being lonely or the pressures of being – of having high ambitions or the pressures of being, you know, uh, having a tough family alongside and integrated into all of that stuff because that is what complete and, and real characterization is. It's not just like – and then this character's one issue is, uh, all right, he's a trans man and that means all of his issues are that. So it, it sounds like this game doesn't fall into that particular pitfall at least and instead – is just because it's avoiding the 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 question of difficulty and and uh, violence and uh, and transphobia, it ends up feeling like it's not giving a complete picture of what the characterization is. Um, um, but but I, I guess my hope is long term, what you end up with is is a sort of quilt of stories that tell different types of stories around marginalization and not just. Because at that point, the weight gets lifted from each of their each of their shoulders, right? At that point, it's like, oh yes, there's a huge range of things to, to talk about, right? There yeah, like it's fine to tell me why right. it wants to say like this is actually a pretty safe story in which like this person totally. has a happy ending and they learn about their mom. Not like, every that, war you know story, what? Fine. Not every war. St- at this point, there are a million you know movies about war. No one is like that's not what war is like anymore because they can go to other movies that better capture the feeling of war when they go see a Michael Bay summer blockbuster. Not that I don't – Michael Bay probably has never done an explicit war movie, but yeah, you know what I mean. Pearl, Harbor, Pearl Harbor, Harbor, right? Oh, Pearl Harbor, yeah. fuck. <laughs> that movie. Never, that's like, one, that's like oh a rare God. gap. I've seen most, seen most of his films. I, I saw Pearl Harbor in the theaters. It could have been more Michael Bay. It could have be been. Honestly. That's a, that's, a, that's a long movie. I don't think – I don't think that movie works super well. Um, anyway, yeah, that's so that starts coming out this week. And then yeah, it's out runs, right now, the then, first episode, and then every week they'll be putting out the the weekly thing is interesting uh, to me. I like that as an I like that to me is has always been the dream episodic model has been. Hey, like, I'm I'm a I, uh, some of my favorite. I want like streaming to bring that back to yeah. like not everything, but they're you know. Watchmen, Game of Thrones, like there's been a lot of shows where like I enjoy, I like the weekly mm-hmm. talk with your friends, um, and then they're all available there. So I, I think we're gonna st- I, start seeing the the big like release it all at once for the binge thing go away just because that space in the conversation seems so important for yeah. Uh, things to catch. Yeah, up. HBO just proves that over and over yeah. again. With yeah. their, I think like Lovecraft, stuff. Lovecraft County has been has like lasted in the conversation in a way I did not expect it to because I for months I thought that was going to be a binge drop, a Netflix drop. I didn't realize that, that was an HBO weekly. Yeah, um, and like it's that's working for it for sure. Well, just also it allows. Um, I think it's really hurt Life is Strange too. So like with this game, for it to be shorter right. and um, to just that means more people can participate in the conversation around the game because like you, otherwise you have people playing sort of around mm-hmm. sort of as it comes out or they're going to wait till it's all out it's just like a weird spot to be in so i hope this is more in line with um like i know the other don't nod game i don't know when it's coming out the the game they were making with um namco um Ugh, what is that, that? was also going to be episodic and then over the summer they announced actually we're just going to put it all in one package and and release it um, okay that game looked bad though so I remember thinking that. I don't remember what that game was, but I remember don't thinking. Remember. I, yeah, I don't remember. Twin it's, Mirror. It's, yeah. Twin Mirror sounds like a Nintendo 64 game to me. Sure. It's out, you know what I mean? Like like some weird action game that you've rented twice. Or no, that's twice. A, Twin Mirror or like a, yeah, yeah, or like a platformer where you play as yeah. a mirror. Yeah, yeah, it could go either way. It totally could. Um, <laughs> God. It's my um, favorite Paper Mario game. 
<laughs> Paper Mario and yeah, the the, the miracle. Yeah, Paper the Mario colon twin mirror sounds hundred percent like <laughs> yeah. a unproduced sequel. Totally. Um, I quickly just want to say that I've been playing Windbound um, because that's out tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on the twenty eighth, um, which is out on Switch and PS4, Xbox One, and it's everything. Windows. I've been playing on Windows. Um, it is a you know, this is one of those games that looks you look at and you're like, oh, yes, Breath of the Wild was very successful, wasn't it? Uh, um, because you are exploring and I mean, this is, this has like more boat stuff than Breath of the Wild. Obviously, it's a, it's a little more um, you look at it and you think maybe a little more. Uh, why am I blanking on the boat one? What's the boat one called? Boat Zelda. Uh, Wind Waker. Wi- Wind yeah. Waker. Thank you. Um, uh, oh, but Wind Waker. Windborn. Wind. Yeah. Uh-huh, Windbound. Um, uh, you are uh, playing a character who has like, um, caught the, uh, <laughs> how's this game start? You are in a fleet of ships with uh, a bunch of people from your culture. You're like uh, sort of a tribal culture who's waterfaring, seafaring. Um, and there's a huge wave and you get knocked off your boat. All your boats get broken up and you wash ashore on a, on an island and you're exploring the island and you find some magic shit and quickly you realize you have to go collect other magic shit from other islands, which means building a boat and canoeing over to other places and then eventually building a sail and a mast and building out your boat a little bit bigger and getting more resources. Um, and the basic structure of this game is that there are like, at least for the first three or four sections that I've gone through, um, you come into a, you come into, you come to on an island and on that island are some resources. You gather those resources. You build stuff with those resources. Mm. You travel from that island to other islands nearby inside of a sort of circular map. Um, uh, and on those other islands, there are other resources and potentially a tower with a magical key, basically. Uh, it's like a stone, but like it, it, it's, it unlocks a thing. Uh, you get three of those. You go to the big tower. You put the keys in, and then you advance to a segment that is like a straight ahead rush down some rapids uh, on your boat. Uh, And while there you see a big weird creature and eventually you get to the end of that road. And actually I guess maybe it starts. It's at the beginning of this, this, this linear path Uh, you get like um, a mural based story drop. You get kind of like, you remember in journey, the in-between sections of journey where you'd see just like, Oh yes. And then these people do It's, it's that, but for your culture and, the the kraken or the jellyfish or whatever it is like the big the big creature and like slowly telling the story of what your your culture's relationship was to that and to the sea and magic or technology or whatever and as you go through you unlock you know new tools both through crafting but also through spending certain resources so like my character has a bow that will never break um uh but I could also have had a bonus that let me like run faster or something and by default, it's a run-based game where you can die and then you start that section over again, I believe. And you keep all your recipes and stuff, but you are you are not losing um you're not losing like or but you are losing anything you didn't have on you at the time. So anything you'd like kept in storage on your boat, you lose. Uh your boat you lose and have to rebuild. Um, and I don't know that that works, but there is an option that I haven't dug into yet that is like, just give me all my stuff. Don't make this a roguelike, please. Um, uh, or don't make this, you know, run based in that way. 
and it's just I think it's a really pretty game. I think the movement is pretty good. I think that the 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 look of all these places is really neat. And I'm starting to get into some stuff that's a little more fantastical and some creatures that have different and different um like behaviors. I'm actually in a place now where I can actually fight things and not just run from them. Um and, and do some hunting to get extra stuff, to get like whatever, the big lizard gland that lets me make camouflage, you know, uh, uh special camo magic. Uh, outfit that lets me sneak better or whatever. Um, but it's just, it's not, it's not doing it for me. And I think part of it is that I don't want a big proc gen space to explore in this way. I want something handcrafted that has, that pulls you through it because of, of really sharp design, uh, in terms of where things are located, what you can see from island to island. And then also it's just a chore to move around, um, uh, on the boat. Uh, as of as as of like three or four sections in, there's no way to manipulate the weather the way that the, eventually you got in, in in Wind Waker or that you got or I think earlier in in the Wind Waker HD edition. Um, and it never really feels like like you can't just follow the wind to get to something interesting. You're in a pretty limited section of the map or of a world. Like the world is just this kind of nearby area, a circle of of the ocean. Um, and so like you have to get to the tower that you see in the distance and the tower could be literally in a headwind. And so you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go all the way around. And I hope while I'm going all the way around that I don't get like a weird enemy crab on my deck. That's going to start breaking my ship up. That's going to jump on from some reef, which happens. And that, that was kind of frustrating. And then I think the thing that broke me on it more, um, I just, there's a, I talked about those kind of linear sections, right? The, the bits about, uh, you get the story drop and then you kind of go through this kind of tunnel. Um, there is in those sections, the, you get kind of the wildest physics. You get the stuff that's like, whoa, the waves are really going. Um, and sometimes it's really cool because the waves are really going. <laughs> and sometimes it's totally busted and the, 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 uploads or sorry the uploads i'm looking at my own video uploads right now the the physics just completely break in a way that like brings your ship to a halt or like dumps you down into the water a little bit and pops you back up like you've gone on a trampoline um the it just doesn't function the way you need it to in terms of like high quality ocean physics like coming off of something like um see if thieves really raises raises like my demands a little bit um and it and it's a bummer because when your ship breaks your ship is broken and like i don't want my ship to break i want my ship to work especially going into a new level um uh, i've linked to y'all some video a video here that you can just put on the background we don't need to narrate this or anything but you will see that there's a that it goes kind of okay for a while and then at a certain point things just break and it, it falls apart um uh the the other thing is i've definitely hit some pretty bad bugs um i hit a section where the my character my character like dies at one point and then it spawned me into a new world except instead of spawning me into like an island it missed the island i guess and it spawned me into just the ocean in the like far away from the nearest island <laughs> and so i was just flailing with my stamina draining and then i died and then i loaded back in the ocean with my arms outstretched t posed 
and I couldn't do anything. And then I tried to exit to a menu. And at that point, I put a big black box over the, the screen. So I couldn't see anything or interact yeah. with anything. I had to like restart the entire game. And, and like, that's, it's not the end of the world necessarily, but like <laughs> the bugginess. Did you see my boat break? Was that you seeing my boat break? Yeah, right before your boat break. Okay. Oh, yeah. There it goes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah uh huh. And you'll see. <laughs> Kata, there's probably like another two minutes in this video of me trying to go down this tunnel. I'm not going that far, but I've just uh, completely no. lost control of this boat in what's supposed to be a high speed, fun, you know, action segment. It just, it just didn't, it just doesn't uh, do you, it for you me. Do a cool flip here. That's a. That's, is it? Uh, is it a cool flip or is it? <laughs> I mean, I think terrible. every flip is cool, so therefore I have okay, to say well, cool go. flip. That's cool. But really, wow, you, cool just kinda, you just kind of roll on the surface of the water. I did just kind of roll. You're right. God. <laughs> Anyway, well, that's that's windbound, and it, it is it is what it is, kind of. Um, I I'm it's something I was like looking forward to all year a little bit. So it's one of those things. It's like, oh, I really wish I had connected to this a little a little stronger, you know. And I, oh well, I guess. Unfortunately, um, anything else anyone want to shout out before we we start to wrap things up here? All right, sounds like no. Um, I think we've got enough questions and notes on the bad boss stuff and on the uh the the uh food stuff that uh. we need to do a dedicated podcast for it <laughs> i think we have to and i don't know when because we got a lot on our plates so to yeah. speak mm. um not a, not meant to be a pun uh but we've gotten so much that i just don't know what to do with it so we've really hit a nerve so i think sometime in the coming weeks you can keep sending them. This is not me saying stop sending them, but because they're good, because <laughs> they're good. So we need a roundup, but yeah. we need a roundup. We yeah, really yeah. do. Yeah. So a ruination cast of a ru- bad <laughs> boss stories and restaurant disasters. And restaurant stories, please, absolutely. God, I feel like shit. I just want idle thumbs <laughs> back. Um, all right. So if you have those, send them to gaming at vice.com and we will try to figure out where the hell to, to when the hell to do this. Um, God. All right. I'm brainstorming stuff in my own brain, which I shouldn't do while we're recording a podcast. That's not good <laughs> podcasting. Uh, again, gaming at vice.com is the address to send those to. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with more. Thank you to Bowen for the track. Miss you off the EP pale machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You can follow Patrick at Patrick Klepek. He had to go because of being a dad and presumably a hard worker. Where can people find you, Kato? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Rob. At Rob Zachney. Rob, it looks like something's taking your attention in a real way. One of the boss emails. Which one? Um... <laughs> the Patrick left. We can do whatever we want. Wrong, uh, email. No, sorry, which one? The what gone wrong one? Uh, the drinking. The 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 holiday party, party gone wrong. Yeah. You want me to, let's just let's just do a dip in. Let's yeah. do a quick dip in. Nathan Nathan writes in and says, "Hey Waypoint crew, sorry if this shouldn't be in questions. I thought y'all might still need to filter. We do. So still put questions in the subject. It helps. Um, while I don't have a shitty rich boss story about sending an email to name his boat, I do have one about my old boss who used to always send an email about drinking alcohol during holiday parties." A little background, I joined up with the company as they were spinning up a production crew to make some training videos for car dealerships. The company was contracted out by one of the big three automotive companies. 
This company had no idea how to really do videos. So one of the heads of the company called up his friend, the boss, who in turn hired a bunch of 20-somethings to do the work part-time, as well as one actually in actual industry professional to basically train us on the job. It was a really weird experience to say the least, but we muddled through. The real weird thing is that our studio space was entirely removed from the company we were working for, less than 10 miles away, and this boss ran it as his own kingdom. All contact between the company and production was through him. Come December, the company wants to hold the party in our space. Uh, the party in our space. It's a big place because we had to store uh, uh, at least up to three cars at a time in there. So to give us some paid time, the boss had uh, all of us basically set up the studio for the company's party, which basically was moving our equipment. As people began to arrive from the company, we were basically told to hide upstairs by the boss, away from all the company people as they do their speeches and end of year awards and everything. Once they were done, and after uh, uh, once they were done after an hour or two, he had a single file walk down the stairs as people began to mingle. This is the part that tripped me up. Uh huh. The like hide upstairs, the don't hide upstairs bit. You, you filthy listen, contractors. You're fucking. You this don't. Both, no, you're not part of this company. You're not allowed here. It was ultimately fine. However, one coworker decided that this party was the party to get drunk at. He wasn't a great person. He hit on women on the crew. He seemed like he was in an unhappy relationship and in the mood to make bad decisions, uh, I guess. Uh, While everyone was... Uh, while everyone else casually had a beer or two, this guy uh, may have gone up to the bar table four or five times. He wasn't drunk drunk, but he was tipsy enough to ask all of the women on the crew to dance. No one at the party was dancing. <laughs> Eventually, the boss caught wind of it and dragged him outside and fired him on the spot. He then let the dude drive home in the middle of wish- winter in Michigan drunk. He ended up making it home fine. The rest of the night went pretty fine. My boss was fuming. I believe he sent out an email chiding the whole crew about the party afterwards. And then every holiday since then, my boss sends out an email to everyone in the crew saying, you'll have one drink if you're smart, if you're smart no drinks if you're smarter. At least until he got fired two years later uh, after the holiday party where the person who hired him announced his retirement. And literally no one at the company was left who liked this guy. The party was the last I saw of him. He actually called me to come into work the second week of January, and a day later, my new boss, who is much nicer, called me to tell me he was gone and I should still come in. I hope you've enjoyed this, and thanks for all the work you guys do. Uh, love it when one person is clearly actively a problem, actively <laughs> a pest, a harasser, and what happens is everyone else gets chided for it. Love to place the blame right where it belongs. <laughs> Fuck off that guy. Well, and uh, also, like, if you're that concerned, like, take the booze out of the party, man. Like Make the booze out, you know, right? If if it's that much of a problem, just shut off the bar. Yeah. Ugh. God. Um. All right. I'm gonna close this. This all of these emails because if I don't, I'll just read them. Just all. gonna read some more. Yeah. I'm just gonna read them all, and that's that's a problem to me. And that's how we end up with that uh libel suit. That's how we end up. With that <laughs> oh man, we got a barn board here. <laughs> just keep reading. It's like, wait, we shouldn't have said anything. What I will say is. I am very happy with people who are sending us images now. Uh, people mm. are sending us pictures of their food in some of these emails. Mm. Some people are sending us links. Um, you know, uh, I really also appreciate this person, Franklin, who sent us just a picture of their cat. Uh, I, this is great. <laughs> Thank you. Shout um, out to Franklin's cat. Shout out to Franklin's cat. All right. That's going to do it for us today. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Uh, it's been a rough week. I hope next week is better. The RNC will at least be over. So... You know, that's that's one plus. That's happening. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, be <laughs> safe this weekend. Um, solidarity to those for, who, who are in 
any number of the situations that we talked about at the top of the show or or in any other number of situations that that we did not quickly summarize because we know that it's hard for everyone out there right now uh, and ongoing <laughs> it was hard before the pandemic it will be hard after we have to keep we have to keep working um and one of the ways that we can keep working is to stop working <laughs> and for, to that i say <laughs> fuck capitalism go home When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right. Wait, did we mention the strike? Yeah, at the intro. Why did my it's... brain block that? Mm-hmm. Like I forgot first... if we mentioned COVID or not. I was like, did we? And yeah, yeah. You did, because yes, you yes. said this is already in the middle of COVID. Uh-huh. But yeah, I no, it is, yeah, it is yeah. hard to keep track of the uh, litany is. of um, <laughs> so much atrocities. Yeah. yeah, it's miserable. So um, tomorrow's a big day. Getting my first mm-hmm. gold ballet uh, delivery. Oh, wow. What are you getting? So I'm starting at like an easy difficulty. We'll just see how this goes. Uh-huh. I ordered from Essa Bagel. Uh huh. Um, you you know Essa Bagel, Austin? I I I think I know the logo, which is to say that means I must have been there once. Yes, I yes. Yeah, yeah. So I had these. Um, Seth Rosen brought them up to Boston from the oh. last time he was in. I had Just these last Seth. year. Yeah, and like even a day old, um, they were still they, they were they were the greatest bagels I have ever tasted. Yeah. Um, to the point now, admittedly, was I drunk off my ass uh, in his <laughs> dad's like brownstone at like three in the morning? Yes. So like take it with a grain of salt when I say I was almost brought to tears uh, by the goodness of the the bagel. But it was it was incredible. So we're going to we're going to get uh, like fresh bagels delivered tomorrow and uh, we'll see how it goes. Um yeah. And then if that works out well, uh, maybe we begin climbing the ladder of difficulty up to uh, Philly cheesesteaks. Please. That sounds like a great. Because that's because that I cannot imagine a less shippable treat. No, I feel like it goes bad. I feel like it. You, for me, it's like I know the thing it will be that then you assemble it and reheat it. But I just don't trust it. Yeah, because so much is about like. The right amount of grease on the meat, the exact way the cheese melts into the uh, the filling, it's it's tough. All right, time dot is. Yes, yes. It is time. It is time. Fifteen. All right. Auto's outriders, right? 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Move this over here. I read back right on cue. The minute we're about to go start in the on the show, uh-huh. Mina starts growling well, and Mina. making little wolf noises. So I prepared for this. Okay. Ooh, what's Ooh. this, Mina? Oh, oh my goodness. Like a cigar. It's a bully stick. Oh, it's a bully stick. All right. All right. <laughs> 